Gita chapter 4. This chapter deals with three topics. Avatara Rahasya, Jnana Yoga, Jnana Yoga Sadhanani, preparatory disciplines to be followed for gaining self-knowledge. The first one is Avatara Rahasya. The Vedas are revered because it's not a product of human intellect. It comes from the Lord Himself. And that's why you see Brahma with four heads, each for each head for each of the four Vedas. Uh, Brahma gave it to his disciples and then it's been coming down from Guru Shishya Parampara. That is why the Vedas are called Shruti, that which is heard. And it is not a product of human intelligence. Now, why should the Lord take so much of trouble to give Vedas to us? It is to teach us how to live in this world and how to make our lives purposeful. We have given a wonderful human body, we have a great universe and we can fulfill all the four goals, all the four purusharthas, artha, kama and dharma and even moksha. And Vedas are a manual given to us for our benefit. Even if you buy a tape recorder, the manufacturer will give you a manual so that you know how to get the best use of it. Similarly, the, the entire your body is created by the Lord, the universe is created by the Lord. So as how we should know how to get the maximum benefit, we need the scriptures. And the Lord has given this task of uh, to uh, maintaining this Vaidika Dharma to two sets of people, Brahmanas and Kshatriyas. The Brahmanas are supposed to maintain Vaidika Dharma by learning, living and propagating. They are supposed to be serene, control their senses, austere, pure of mind, straightforwardness, knowledge, insight and faith. That's the Brahmana's duty. And for maintaining of Dharma, the Lord has given that duty to Kshatriyas. They are given, they are given the task of punishing those who violate Dharma. So Kshatriya means one who punishes a Dharma. So, and, but when, when all these things fail, what happens is the Lord himself comes down to earth in the form of Avatara. Rama came down uh, and he lived, protected Dharma by living a life of Dharma, showing the world you can live by the ethics of the scriptures. Krishna propagated the Vedas by teaching it. The Bhagavad Gita is an example of the Lord's effort to teach this scriptures. So we have Karma Yoga, we have Jnana Yoga. So whenever, in, even in Bhagavad Gita, whenever something is not very clear, we refer back to the Vedas. That's a source. This is just another version and Krishna himself keeps saying in the Bhagavad Gita, it is not my wisdom. What wisdom I gave in the times of the year, I am giving it again. So this knowledge has already been given out. It is not a fresh uh, manufacturing of Krishna. He is only quoting Bhagavad uh, Upanishads in a form relevant to that age. There is a difference between Avatara and Janma. There are four main differences. The one is the cause of birth. The Jiva takes a form, uh, takes a body because of uh, the remnant uh, Punya Papa Karma. He is helplessly born. You, we have no control over the next birth. We are born again and again helplessly. There is a slavery to us. The type of body, the gender, everything is determined by our Papa Punya Karma quotient. 
But for the Lord, it is entirely different. For the Lord, there is no karma at all. He takes any form that is necessary for blessing, that is required for the world. So, like in Hiranyakasapu, uh, he took the form of Narsimha. He didn't even have a woman, he didn't even have to go through a pregnancy and um, a job of growing in a womb. He just took the form because there is no karma behind. The nature of our, the, second, the nature is different. The, nature, the, the jiva is bound by karma, bound by ignorance, bound by moha, confusion and delusion, bound by situations of life, bound by time, bound by space. So there is a bandha swarupaha, slavery. For, whereas the Lord is mukta swarupaha, he is not bound by anything. He is not bound by time, space, karma, ignorance, delusion, nothing, situation. He comes, does his work and then he goes back to his abode. The mode of assuming a body, that's also different. For a jiva, you have to go through the womb, the mother has to take food, the five elements contribute to the body and then the person takes birth. While in the case of uh, the Lord, there is no garbha vasta also. Straight away he appears as uh, Narsimha. So the method of arrival is also different. And there is a difference in function. The jiva is on, is alive or goes into a new world only to exhaust his previous punya papa. So he has to go through sukha anubhava, dukkha anubhava, pleasant experiences, unpleasant experiences until he is able to exhaust the entire lot of karma. For, whereas for the Lord there is no karma at all. He comes to earth only for the protection of the good, destruction of evil and establishment of dharma. And that is a famous verse which you get, Glanir Bhavati, Dharma, that verse comes in this fourth chapter. So whenever the dharma is in danger in the universe, the Lord comes back to restore it, to teach us how to live a life of dharma, to restore the dharmic balance so that the world can sustain itself. Uh, and uh, these are the four uh, differences between an avatara and the jiva. Uh, now Krishna talks about the main theme of the fourth chapter, which is jnana yoga. Karma yoga is a preparatory sadhana. It is the means and it makes one qualified to be a jnana yoga yogyata. It gives you yogyata, qualification. So, uh, karma yoga is the means and jnana yoga is the end. Only through jnana yoga we can, we can get to liberation. So, and the scriptures answers his primary question is who am I? It is this knowledge because we don't know who we are. We think that we are a limited body, limited mind, going through different experiences and caving under the pressure of that. The, and the scripture says, no, that's your only a lower self. There is a higher self. You could always, it's very easy to identify with the body. You can identify with your height, weight, your parents, gender, nationality, date of birth, place, language. And it's very easy for you to identify with your mind. I'm educated or ignorant, I'm happy now, angry now. These are things, are, these are erroneous description about yourself. And the task of the scriptures is first negate that limitation. It says, you are not the body, you are not the mind. They are temporary situations, temporary states of mind, temporary states of experiences. Your body is born of the five elements. 
just like the world the body occupies space it's got water that gives you the shape there's a fire principle in the form of body temperature 98.4 degree fahrenheit vayu is the breath life breath then there is a form of the body which is the prithvi tatvam so we nourish this body by consuming food which is again prithvi tatvam and once we die we go back to these elements the mind is also a product of these five elements but it's the difference is the body is made up of gross matter while the mind is made up of subtle matter like even if you are depressed or even if you take any medicine it affects the mind if you are depressed you are given a, a tablet right which is a material and you take that it influences your mind how do i know that these are temporary body and mind is a temporary state of experience simple when you, when you in the waking state the physical body is the transacting medium with the world in front the moment you go to dream a sleep state dream state the body is given up there is no more body to interact but your mind interacts auto you see in the dream it is because of the medium of the mind and then there is another stage of sleep when you are in deep sleep there is no body there is no mind and still there is awareness there is a, just a conscious being so in all the three states there is one thing which is permanent consciousness plus body consciousness plus mind consciousness alone in these three states of uh, awareness experience so if something is permanent and incidental the permanent is the consciousness of your self the conscious principle a physical a waking state comes and goes dream state comes and goes deep sleep state it comes and goes but you are in and there through all the experiences uh, swami ji gives the example of hot water hot wa- the hotness is something which is temporary it comes and goes but you take the case of fire the heatness is the intrinsic quality of the fire so when everything comes and goes the one that remains that is your true original self so when before we when we sleep we drop this uh, body and mind when we wake up again we start wearing it like a shirt and a bunion it is so intimate to us it's like a specks so you identify it so closely with uh, with yourself but it is only a tools that you have it's not you so it is easy to go through life uh, with this feeling of i'm small i'm weak and the world is overwhelming i'm too small i mean i'm limited by space by time as a child you started playing with toys now you want car house the struggle keeps on going from one step you want a woman you want marriage and you after marriage you want children after children you want you want them to study well then you pray for their marriage then you pray for their children and the entire life is a pursuit of something and it is only a journey of dukkha dukkha uh, moha dukkha and uh, raga those to the cycle first which we saw in the first chapter so it is avidya ignorance which causes apurnatva unfulfillment and this unfulfilled this unhappiness causes a struggle which is because of papa punya this papa punya results in sukha and dukha pleasantness and unpleasantness and then it is carried to the next cycle so this cycle of ignorance unhappiness uh, your exhaustion your your still remnant uh, papa punya quotient resulting in good experiences bad experiences and they carried over to the next janma this cycle of birth repeated births death keeps on going and this is samsara samsara in short dissatisfaction unhappiness worry i'm small i'm limited 
whereas the mind of a wise man is full for him the entire world is a game it's a sport for him because he does not depend on anything outside of himself for happiness he knows the source of happiness is, is within so the vedas they give you this self knowledge and with this self knowledge you come out of all your struggles and sense of limitations you try you enjoy what is bliss uh, and, so, and then we come to the third topic of this chapter the fourth chapter uh, krishna talks about gnana sadhanani preparatory disciplines to gain this knowledge first guru upadesham you cannot work without a guru when you have a football coach bowling coach fielding coach even a sport has a coach if you are go to college you have a teacher a professor physics chemistry and so you and you cannot go through spirituality without a guru the world cannot be a guru with different people like interpret different experiences as our differently it is so subjective and then we and so what happens you need a live guru you may be inspired by a shirdi sai baba you may be inspired by ramakrishna vivekananda but they are not alive today you need a person who is your contemporary who you have complete faith who is a competent guru and and then he has a patience to teach and the nature says and krishna always says when you are ready uh, disciple is ready the guru is there in front of him because and guru was in the traditional system of teaching one who has gone through one who is a product of guru shishya parampara himself so he has a methodology to teach the second thing is shraddha whenever i learn i have complete faith in the scriptures i also have faith in my teacher if i don't understand i have the humility to say it is my inability to grasp i will ask the teacher again with humility sir i don't understand this can you please explain it to me this arjuna is asking the same question to the lord krishna in chapter 3 in chapter 5 even to the last chapter but and krishna does not lose his temper on the other hand he answers each question very cheerfully and even differently and even he says he compliments arjuna for asking intelligence questions even though it's a repetition the guru has infinite compassion so please have faith and humility with the teacher this is called shraddha third is commitment only a man of commitment can reach anywhere even in the worldly pursuits uh, if you have to be a singer kannada singer or violinist they have practiced for hours for years and years you ask any professional uh, musician he'll be practicing 4 to 5 hours a day for years 10 years 20 years and it's a lifelong pursuit that kind of sincerity is required and once such a person plays you almost you almost feel god is playing that is the amount of practice that has gone into it nothing is casual put your effort wholeheartedly it is only your effort which will get you to the goal casual effort casual interest sporadic now and then doesn't take anyone anywhere even in worldly pursuit much less talked about spiritual ach- achievements and lastly in the last quality which krishna highlights is self mastery you must keep your tools in order your body must be fit if you have to listen to the teacher your eyes and ears should function at least well and even when you take a flight or a bus they ensure before the journey they ensure that the the, the bus is road worthy the flight is air worthy so you keep your body fit by doing yoga yoga pranayama ashtanga yoga 
self mastery keep your body keep your sense organs under control have shraddha be committed go to a teacher gain gnanam and breathe free there must be an integration or integration of your tools your body must be fit your sense organs must be under relative control your mind must be relatively less turbulent there's so many things you need to do as part of your regular practice when you're learning scriptures so that you come to a, the final destination when you when you see that i am not the body i am not the mind i am atma free from all limitations and i discover all the three all the purushartas in myself uh, thus ends uh, krishna and in the fourth chapter uh,